Hello and welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast, where I help women who want to live intentionally become widely successful using marketing strategies like organic search, visual search, and video marketing. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at how to create your blog business plan, a step-by-step guide. Let's get right into it. Have you created your blog business plan yet? Do you need help creating a blog business plan example? You may have started a blog just as a hobby, so it never really occurred to you to write a business plan for a blog or new business. Maybe you don't have a blog just yet and you want to treat your blog as a business, so you want to know how to make a blog business plan or business plan for your blog. Whatever your situation, the moment you want to start treating your blog like a business, you should consider building a business plan just so that you can have that peace of mind. You see, many bloggers struggle to build a successful blog because they don't really have a plan for it. (laughs) I know that kind of sounds ironic, but it's true. It all reminds me of that famous quote by Greg Reed, which says, A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal written down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. I really believe this to be a reality. So in this particular podcast, I want to spend time going through how to write a business plan step by step. Okay, so what on earth is a business plan anyway? Well, very similar to a startup business plan, a blog business plan is a document that contains the who, what, when, where, and why when it comes to blog planning or even blogging goals. A blog cannot start itself, so there needs to be someone to get it started. That person could be you or you and a best friend or family member, which addresses the who to some extent. But we also remember that there's another who. (laughs) So your target audience or potential clients is the other who in this particular equation. So what goes through what goals the blog is going to accomplish over the period agreed by the people who are starting it? Looking at when, you can include a number of dates like the start dates as well as dates of each goal achievement. This may be obvious, but where could refer to the location of the audience that you want to serve as well as your blog's domain name. So where are you going to to have that blog hanging out in cyberspace, so to speak? And finally, I see the why as the most important element of the contents of your business plan. This is because it is the reason or motivation for wanting to achieve the goals. I know that this explanation sounds very simplistic, but the idea is that you want to tell people about your blog in a succinct way. So let's get started into the actual headings, layouts, etc. contents. Step one, in the very first section, uh, you have a blog overview. So you're probably thinking, because you probably heard the word executive summary, and that's right. Many business plans start off with an executive summary, 
which is a bit that you complete last. Hence the reason why I'm skipping over that part. So we leave it for last and we start with what you need to complete first before you go over back to the executive summary. All right. So the blog overview will cover off six different sections. These include the blog summary, mission statement, the blog history, market and services, day-to-day operation, and financial goals. In the particular blog summary, this could be like doing an elevator pitch for what your blog is about and who it will serve. Let's look at two practical examples. I don't know if you've ever heard of Natalie, Natalie Bardo. She, she blogs over It's All About, It's All About, sorry, It's All You Boo.com. I'm sorry, this all just reflexes, excuse me. It's All You Boo.com, and that's It's All You and B O O.com. And it has an elevator, elevator pitch, which is I'm here to help you slay your goals so you can build your dream life with confidence and action. She's all about goals and action. And then I have another person, Natalie Bacon from nataliebacon.com, has her elevator pitch as, I help thousands of high-achieving women with personal development, money mindset, and online business. Okay, so there you have two examples in terms of what you need to achieve for your blog overview. Next on the list is the mission statement. And in many cases, it's slightly different because it is not only addresses the needs of the client, it also makes takes into consideration the goals for the owner as well as key stakeholders, as well as you know where you fit into the whole business arena. Here's an example of a mission statement from LinkedIn, that company that does uh, business contacts. And it says, connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful. So I know it kind of sounds similar, but it's it's different. I don't know if you can see the difference there. Um, but when you get a chance, head over to successunscrambled.com forward slash blog hyphen business hyphen plan. And you'll get access to the actual show notes that gives you the examples. You can actually see, you know, and compare and contrast um, what they are about. And you also get an opportunity to download the free um business plan PDF so that you can you too can you know create your very own business plan. All right. So you just go on in terms of the mission statement and add a bit on the end of your blog summary that includes your personal goals or accomplishments or your why. What what is it that your blog is all about? Then we have blog history next. And uh, I know you're probably thinking, how could you possibly have a blog history when you haven't even started a blog yet, if that's your particular situation? But your blog history will be expected to give an overview of who you are and why you believe that you are qualified to run this blog. So it's more or less a personal history. What are you bringing to the table in terms of your personal and professional experience, any qualifications, awards, certifications, experience, associate experience, etc. Why now is a good time for you to get started down on the road of blogging. Up next is market and markets and services. Uh, who is your target market? What you will be offering them? Uh, this section is here to ensure that you have a really good understanding of 
your audience as well as what problems you are trying to solve by creating this particular blog. Day-to-day operations, like who's responsible for keeping the lights on, so to speak. If you'd be hiring any sort of additional specialists, like legal, accounting, payroll, HR, that kind of a thing. Or maybe just someone who do the graphics and someone to do um, your search engine optimization. I don't know. Uh, you may have people in your head um, thinking, okay, these are the things I would absolutely hate doing. And these are the people I'm going to hire to do that. Then you have your financial goals, super and duper in, uh, important. They address how much money is needed to get the blog started off the ground and to keep it running every week, uh, every day, every month, every quarter, every year. Also, how is it going to generate an income? Because obviously, it's, this is not like a, a sort of a passion project or a hobby. If it is, you're going to treat it as a business. A business means that you're going to have income and expenditure, not expenditure and expenditure and expenditure. <laughs> so how much money you need to make to make a profit. So you just don't want to break even. You want to be able to be profitable as a blog as well. Yay, and that's step one completed. We've got about nine more steps to go. So bear with me as we go through this. And if you're not able to take notes, um, you could download the episode. Uh, as well as uh, you can, again, go to successunscramble.com, click on podcast or podcast, and you'll see all the, latest, all the latest podcasts there as well. Right. So step two is blog description. And I know this might sound initially like it's exactly the same as the previous step, but actually it's not. Uh, it's looking a little deeper at your potential clients as well as what problems you are trying to solve for them. So the key areas covered in in the blog description is the opportunity, market opportunity, as people call it, your product and service overview, your key participants, pricing, and company structure. I know it's only a blog, but unfortunately, because we're dealing with the legal aspect of how you want your blog to be recognized in the uh, by your revenue commissions or the Fed Federal Bureau or whatever you want to call your organization that deals with um, taxes and stuff like that, uh, this is where you need to look at the sections, where you need to look at what you're going to set yourself up as. All right, so opportunity, what are, what are the current market conditions? What geography will you be covering in the blog? For example, you may be a mom blogger and you know that there are several other mom bloggers out there and you're thinking, uh, how am I going to be different? Well, you probably already know. As bloggers, we have the terrific opportunity uh, of deciding, you know, what's going to make us different and addressing the gap. So this is where you, if you, if you focus on what makes your, your product or service offering different compared to the others out there. Also, what gaps you're trying to address in the market. Product or service overview is a place where you go into a lot of detail about the products or services that you plan to offer to your clients. As, blog, as bloggers, we have uh, an amazing opportunity to uh, work with an audience as well as with brands and ad networks. I think it's so amazing. Uh, you can even offer consulting services. So remember to include as much as possible about what you are offering um, to the, your, your clients. Uh, key participants would include people like your potential suppliers. So obviously, uh, in order to run a blog, you need people to supply you with 
things like uh, hosting, a domain name, um, the blogging platform, which is I use WordPress.org. Um, anybody who's involved in supplying you with services to run your blog success- successfully is are uh, the sort of key participants. Um, and this particular section will change over time as your blog grows and flourishes. But it's good to start somewhere um, because when you look at the key participants, it gives you a much um, bigger overview as to, okay, these things are the things that you need to consider in your list of expenses. Next up is your pricing. So you really need to spend time understanding what price is best to charge your clients as you are in business to make a profit. Um, personally, I find this area a big help because when it comes to completing your cash flow statement, uh, you need to know uh, what price you're charging in order to make a profit. If you understand your course as well as your financial goals, then coming up with a price should be easy enough. Also looking at what the competitors are, are offering out there should help you in a really big way. It also stops you from undercharging for your time. And finally on the list in this particular step two is the structure. So what is your preferred company structure? Are you going to be a sole trader or sole proprietor? Are you going to go in partnership? Are you going to set up as an LLC or limited company? Deciding on your structure will have a financial advantage or disadvantage. However, you can start as a sole trader or sole proprietor for now, and you can protect your personal assets in the long run once you start making in excess of $100,000 a year. and you can then switch then to an LLC or limited company. Yay, so that's step two done, easy peasy. Step three is all about analyzing your market. And this is where things get a little bit, a tiny bit more exciting as you want to spend time analyzing, you know, what is the what is happening in your particular market. Be sure to include the size of your market as well as the number of potential customers every month, quarter, year. And there are four subsections are going to the, the analyzing analysis of your market, your industry type, market se- segmentation, your competition, and your SWOT analysis. So in industry type, bloggers tend to fall into the service industry, unless your blog obviously is related to an e-commerce store, Etsy shop, retail stores, Shopify store, or anything like that, then you're now moving away from the service industry and going into uh, retail or commerce. Um, if you're a mom blogger or fashion blogger, lifestyle blogger, travel, family, then your key deliver- deliverable is going to be a service to your potential clients. Um, yes, we have mom bloggers and some lifestyle bloggers who actually sell um, worksheets and cheat sheets and stuff like that. So they do a mix of uh, service as well as, I guess, retail. Check with your government agencies on the current statistics as well as the service industry or whatever the name of your industry is in terms of revenues over the last three years together with future projections. Your town, city, country or country will have a central body with statistics of growth for people in the blogging, consulting, freelancing industry. Grab those figures, analyze how they affect your business and complete a section of your blog or business plan. Market segmentation is up next and it looks at your clients in greater detail. If you are a uh, mom blogger, your clients could be stay-at-home moms or working moms. 
Uh, you need to look at the demographics in your market, geography, quality of products, services, price ranges, uh, and then segment it. So which segment are you going to be addressing in that sort of broad market? Um, and I know it's kind of hard for bloggers, people in the blogging world, because um, government organizations don't really capture the data on bloggers quite well because a lot of many, many bloggers are doing it for, as a hobby. So you wouldn't find statistics about them. Whereas professional bloggers, you, sh you should be able to find that information uh, online. Is your market growing or shrinking? What section of the market are you able to easily to, to reach easily? And what is the potential for growth in the next three years? Number three on this section or stage step two is competition. As you can imagine, getting a handle of your competition is super important. So spend some time looking at who else is offering the same products and services and what you're doing differently or what you plan to do differently. What is your go-to-market strategy to ensure that your potential clients can find out about you over the noise of your competition? Are your competitors solving the problem for your potential clients? Um, what can you do better? Where are the gaps? Then we have the SWOT analysis. I enjoy doing a SWOT analysis probably because I am a visual person. It also brings a lot of clarity on, on you know, the potential of my business. So just in case you've never heard of SWOT analysis before, don't worry, I'm going to explain. So SWOT analysis is this diagram with four different quadrants. And in this diagram, uh, the SWOT, which is SWOT, stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. And it's done in a matrix for format. And um, I have included a diagram in the show notes, successonscramble.com forward slash blog hyphen business hyphen plan. Uh, you'd see the diagram of a SWOT analysis there. And if you are able to download the free um, PDF, um, it's a start a business plan PDF um, that comes as well with a SWOT analysis um, section included in there. Um, but to give you a reference as to what to, in to include in each space, come back to the show notes to see what you should include under strengths. Like, for example, under strengths, we have your advantage, your financial resources, your assets, your experience, your capabilities. And under weaknesses, you have things like areas to improve, um, disadvantages, etc. So just have a look at that and you'll be able to then... Um, come up with your very own SWOT analysis in terms of, you know, how you compare. Well, it's not really a comparison. It's just looking at you, what you're bringing to the table, where you're weak in, how, how other people like your Chamber of Commerce or Local Enterprise Board or, um, you know, those kind of organizations. You have a lot of people who offer mentoring for free, etc. You get grants as well for mentoring. Where you need to improve where are the gaps so that you can address your market better? Um, spend some time creating your SWOT analysis for your blog or business as it really helps you understand your true potential and opportunities for imp improvement. We are on to step four. Yay! <laughs> so in step four, we look at operation plan. So just a reminder, step three was analyzing your market. And step four is operation plan. 
in the operation plan, we'll be looking at um, standard operating procedures, I guess is what you call that. So I don't know if you've ever seen um, online virtual assistants or VAs or some experts who do th things called SOPs. And you're probably wondering, what is an SOP? It's just a standing or <laughs> standard operating procedure. And they enjoy working in things like Trello boards and Asana and creating um, bases on using Airtable and, you know, having everything. They, they, they're so good at organizing. It's all about organizing everything. And this is what Operation Plan is all about. How are you going to organize everything so that um, you have like a, a flow, a nice flow. So when someone comes to your side, what happens next? And then when someone pushes something, what happens next? And, you know, that kind of a thing. So whatever your preference in this particular section, you spend time looking at how you will operate smoothly for success. You consider order fulfillment, payment, uh, key customers, facilities, uh, key employees, and any sort of technology that will help you work smarter, not harder. <laughs> so in order fulfillment, if you're running, a, a, for example, a, a burger joint, you will understand that making and delivering those particular burgers in the is as fast as possible and as delicious as possible is essential is essential to your success. However, as a blogger, you will most likely deliver articles, consulting services, blog traffic, audience experience, courses, webinars, freebies. That kind of a thing is what you would you'll you'll be um, selling as a blogger. Well, unless of course you are a burger joint with a blog then <laughs> you'll be delivering burgers then <laughs> but as a, bl a regular blogger in the service industry um, those are what you'll be looking at so how are you going to deliver all of those items to your clients in a best format and in a timely fashion what can you improve to give them the most amazing experience of order fulfillment as possible so that you become memorable in terms of payment, if you plan to sell courses as well as one-on-one uh, -on -one services, how will you ac accept payment? Have you considered tax and VAT, which is the European um, tax regulation? It is vitally important that you adhere to your local and international laws to stay out of trouble. Uh, also consider service charges from the platform as well as your bank fees. You want to take all of this into consideration when pricing your products and services as well. Will you issue customers who paid with a nice thank you note? In terms of facilities then, where will you operate? Even if you plan to operate from home initially, you want to make provisions for long-term as well as short-term plans. For example, if you plan to do a weekly podcast like I'm doing right now, where will you record it? How Do you have a quiet room? as well as necessary equipment to deliver or to ex ex expedite, not expedite, but um, to, uh, to actually do the podcast. <laughs> what about when you plan to outsource some of the work that you plan to do? For example, you know, maybe graphic design or um, someone doing um, search engine optimization or social media management or Pinterest marketing or whatever it is you plan to do, what will, be, what will you use as a, as a way to communicate with these people? How would you manage them and the rest of the team? 
So to run your blog weekly, what do you need in terms of resources to deliver all of the, all of the content on time? So for example, in my blog, I have to, uh, every week, in terms of my actual deliverable, I deliver a podcast episode and a blog post. And obviously in the background, I try to uh, work on marketing all of my my blog posts. Um, there's also deliverables of, oh, sorry, grab my email list. And there's also then deliverables of any sort of freebies. Um, then there's the courses that I'm um, currently developing. Um, and then, you know, all of those things I have to consider every week. And do I do them weekly or do I do them, do I do them in batch and then have them delivered every week, schedule them for, for every week. So that gives you a sort of idea of what you need to do as a blogger. Key customers. So key customers will only apply um, if you if you have or you have a need to put big big logos listed as key customers on your blog, or if you already have customers and you have like say you have ten customers and they, some of them are actually paying you retainers and like say five of them are paying you retainers. So they, they would be your key customers. Because um, we know a, a bit of business plan, whether it be a blog business plan or startup business plan or a regular business plan or any kind of business plan, it's not something that you, you sort of uh, create and then put it on the shelf and let it collect us. It's something that is ongoing. You review it every, probably once a quarter and update it because your blog or business will grow. And your goals will obviously, once you achieve the goals, you have new ones <laughs> to achieve. So you make new, make, make new goals. So your key customers would be, would be your existing customers. Or if you're just starting off, you might not have key customers at all, or you probably would have a goal to achieve these five logos on your site. Uh, it does, it, if it doesn't matter for your blog, then you can skip it. Um, your key customers could be just people interested in travel, for example, um, like you want to target a certain forum of travelers because they are the key ones that you want to get on board. So that's an example of key customers. And then you have key employees. Like I mentioned before, having some important employees managing certain aspects of your essential blog growth. You will notice that in order to grow, you need to outsource marketing, project management, graphic design, article writing. So the bigger and bigger you grow, you may need to outsource work. You may need to grow a team, or you might just go into pure consulting and just write one blog post a month, really up to yourself. So ask yourself, what is it you dislike doing in the blogging process that you can get someone else to do better, faster, cheaper, wiser <laughs> for you? Next up, we have technology. And in technology, you spend time outlining the key technologies needed to run your blog, as well as to delivering your products and services. The goal here is to outline any disaster recovery or backup plans. I know what you're thinking. What if your blog goes down? Well, truth be told, this happened to me last weekend, actually. Um, but the issue wasn't that my web, the issue wasn't with me. It was actually with my web hosting company. They experienced an outage in one of their, they said nodes, whatever that means. Um, I notified the company when I realized what was happening and they were already on working on it. So what can I do? 
I simply went to bed and woke up the next day and my blog was back online and I realized that it was down for eight whole hours. I know what you're probably thinking, panic. Well, actually, there's nothing you can do. What are you going to do? Change a new host? If you change a new host, it'll take you more than eight hours to do that. Yes, I had a backup of my blog, but there was nothing that I could do to bring it back up. So I just left it in their hands and that was the end of that. Yay, we on to step five. In step five, we're looking at marketing and sales. Ooh, after all those boring bits and pieces, this is probably the most exciting piece of creating your blog business plan. Woohoo! So in this particular section, you need to talk or to look at key messages, marketing activities, and sales strategy. I know a lot of people hate sales, but that's okay. You need it. So this will be, in terms of the key messaging, key messaging or key messages, uh, this will be a big reflection of your mission or elevator pitch. So remember, I gave you two elevator pitch examples at the start. So you have to think about, in terms of that elevator pitch, what do you need to say? So this is the actual content of your marketing. What are you going to say to attract your customers to you? What will you say in your brochures, social media images, workbooks, cheat sheets, quotes, etc., that will attract your potential clients to you? So that's all in key messaging. And then in marketing activities, once you know what you are going to say, now you need to decide where and how are you going to say it. So you can think about the actual medium, so images, text. Um, infographics, video, um, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, you know, that kind of a thing. So if your customers can be found on Facebook, what format are you going to use to get their attention? We'll use Facebook Live, posts, stories, videos. If your customers hang out on Twitter, then what methods are you going to use to communicate with them? Are you going to use videos, posts? Are you going to um, use paid marketing, uh, etc.? If your customers, however, hang out on Pinterest, again, what are you going to use to communicate with them? Video, um, I guess you call those images or pins. Uh, are you going to use promoted pins, etc.? I have created a, an excellent resource of over 50 plus ways you can market your blog or business using some easy, unconventional methods or even on a low budget. So I have left a link in the show notes. Again, it's successunscramble.com forward slash blog hyphen business hyphen plan. Uh, or you can just go to successunscramble.com and you'll see a link in the very top called our podcast. Click on that and you'll see all these podcasts right there. All right. So... Sales strategy is next. Everyone hates sales. It may seem like a lot, but without including a sales strategy when writing the startup business plan for your blog, how will you know what go-to-market strategy are you going to take? For example, your sales strategy could be as simple as getting visitors to your website or blog. And when they're there, get them to sign up for your email list and then using email marketing to gain new clients. Another way to achieve this is by hosting a webinar or a summit. 
where you would build an email list very quickly and develop a relationship with that email list. It is best that you map out even a funnel or two. So when people join the email list, what happens next? Are you going to do what they call a tripwire, where you offer them something at a low low cost um, and then maybe a a one-time offer? So think about that, about what you want to um, give, you know, your sales strategy, basically, the customer journey, so that you understand what needs to happen to get the essential sales or income or revenue that you need to have a viable business. All righty. All right. We are on to step six. That's four more to go. We've done, sorry, five more, including step six. So you've gone through five steps. Congratulations. Okay, halfway there. So in number in step six, we have the financial blog plan. An essential part of your blog business plan is being fully aware of your finances. I know I mentioned this before, but if you plan to run your blog as a business, stay away from those people who tell you that you can start your blog for free. Uh, if you don't have any money to start a blog, then check out the 25 ways that I've, I listed in a specific resource that you can start a business with no money. And you're probably thinking, well, you just said don't start it. <laughs> well, these methods actually help you to start acquiring a budget that you can use to start a blog. Once you have a budget available, then it is time to look at the projected cost of starting a blog. And I've given a brief example of blog exam- blog expenses, should I say. I've listed your domain name, web hosting, your WordPress theme, email marketing, landing pages. And if you go for just the basics, which is your domain name, web hosting, and, and your WordPress theme, you're looking at $510 a year just for the blog. That doesn't include email marketing or landing pages or anything like that. You may still want to uh, include all of those things, but it's just bare minimum. Uh, and you pick that up monthly, that's like less than $50 a year, I mean a month. Um, so you may want to, you know, if you seriously want to start a, your blog as a business, seriously think of, you know, the cost. And if it is, you, like I said, you don't have uh, any kind of budget set aside f- uh, for that and you need to build up a nest egg, then look at that at that resource that I mentioned. 25 ways you can start a business with no money. It just gives you really, really practical ways that you can actually start generating an income, extra, an extra extra cash, so to speak, so that you can build an essay to start a blog. Okay, so in terms of startup course, then getting a handle on your startup course is vitally important to the success of your blog or any kind of startup business to help you get a much better overview of what you should really include in your uh, blog business plan. I created one using Airtable. So I know you're probably thinking, but this is a podcast and I can't see it. Head over to the show notes, successonscramble.com forward slash uh, blog hyphen business hyphen plan. And you scroll all the way down in the show notes there and you'd see I have um, a sheet, a spreadsheet with startup course. And it includes obviously the course items and then um, all of the items listed by um, 
the month that you need them, uh, the course per month, and then you have one 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 time course item. So say for example, one of the items you probably would need, most likely would need, uh, is a laptop. If you don't already have one, that's a one-off course. There would be laptop insurance, and that's the monthly course for that. Um, as you can see, there's you know there's tons of things, not tons, but it's a neat little list of items that you can include. You have your one-time fees, your monthly fees, etc. Next up then is your uh, profit and loss. Uh, in your profit and loss statement, you've got sales, you've got expenses. In your sales section, again, I in I um your your sales section will include a potential list of what you'd offer in terms of products and services. I generously went through a lot of trouble creating one for you. And if you head over again to the show notes, you would see I have a lovely little, uh, I guess you call it uh, a sales statement for profit and loss. And it goes by months, so January, February, March, April, May, June. I've only done, done it for six months because I think six months will give you a feel for what to expect and what you need to include. So that's the top. You've got revenue in the far left corner and then in, in the other co six columns. Yeah, six columns, January, February, March, April, May, June. I've got, um, you know, what you can expect from each of those revenue sources in January, February, March. Some of them you'll have none because when you're just starting off, you don't expect any sort of revenue in probably in month one, but you may expect revenue in month, say two or three and then onwards. And in the left under revenue, you can have things like, this is where you list your courses, your sponsored posts, consulting work, ad revenue, uh, affiliate marketing revenue, your ebook sales, uh, any kind of thing like that. And then you'd have a, a cost of sales. So course, course of sales is the things that you'd have to pay. For example, if you decide to sell a course on ebook, you might have, you might use, use a platform called Gumroad. I think it's $10 a month. That would be a, that would be included in your cost of sales. So once you put your cost of sales for every month, then you, you'll have your gross, 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 gross <laughs> profit <laughs> uh, at the end of that. Then in that same section right below that now, I have your profit and loss expenses, which is super important uh, because uh, you have your cost of sales, so your direct cost of sales will be things that are directly responsible to help you generate your sales, um, marketing, that kind of a thing. And then your, your expenses will be things that keep the lights on, like um, your hosting, uh, domain name, you know, all the things that you would like to include. And again, I've generously created one using a spreadsheet. Head on over to the show notes. It's all there. It's super important to include the expenses and your profit and loss as you want to be able to see, you know, you know what does you need to do to control your course. Because there's some things that you pay for uh, that you really don't need. Um, so, if, for example, I'll give you the example of what I have included in here. So some people will have salary and wages. I would have zero there because I don't have anybody hired. Um, but you might decide to pay yourself depending on how much money you generate. Um, so you'd have things like your Facebook marketing. If you're paying for that, your Pinterest marketing. Uh, like for India, I'll have Tailwind. 
your Twitter marketing and only buffers. So that's zero. So that's free. Uh, Instagram marketing. So if you're in Instagram, you'd probably use a tool called Planoli. And that, again, they have a free version, but that I've included the bare minimum version of $9 a month. Uh, you've got YouTube marketing. I've not included anything there just yet because I'm using the free version. Uh, mobile marketing. Um, sorry, mobile monthly. So if you have a mobile phone and you use it to do your uh, marketing, like your Instagram marketing, your Twitter marketing, your uh, Pinterest marketing, then you include the monthly cost of your mobile phone. Uh, for the graphic design, I have got Canva. So that's I'm using the free version of Canva. That's at zero for me. You might want to be using the, pre, the paid version. You've got your blogging course. So you might have... You, I would advise you to enroll in a, in a blogging course if you don't know what you're doing. It will save you a whole lot of pain and headache. Um, and then I have a Pinterest course included in there and an SEO course if you plan to um, buy one. And mine should be available soon. So look out for that. Uh, you do have then internet access because you need internet access. Um, insurance. So your um, public liability insurance. Uh, your bank fees. A proper, a good office chair to sit down and write your blog posts. Uh, you're probably using a kitchen table, so you probably need to, don't need to buy a separate um, table or desk. Your stationery, so things like pens and stuff like that. Um, you might want to travel to a blogger's conference, so you might want to do that probably in month six or month five. Uh, and you include that course there. Entertainment as a blogger, so you might meet up with a blogger and buy them coffee or... Um, you might have an evening where you go and do drinks with friends, um, blogging friends. You want to include that course as an entertainment expense. Um, then you have consulting fees, so like you have your accountant or payroll or anybody who you hire to help you. Uh, you include that as an expense. Your computer, the course of your computer or laptop, if you're buying it brand new. Your web hosting, etc. So you get an idea of what you would sort of normally include in your profit and loss statement on the expenses. And then we have your cash flow statement. So this is probably one of the most important things that anytime you're looking for investment or loan from a bank or any kind of organization, they would always ask you for, most times ask you for a, a, a cash flow statement or a break-even analysis. I know that sounds really big and high level, but bear with me. I'm going to explain it for you. So a cash flow statement, <laughs> as I said, it's really important. It's normally done on a spreadsheet and it just looks for your cash flow analysis. So what, does, what, does, what does that mean? It just means that you're going to have a breakdown of 12 months. If you're starting in January, so January to December. And in, in that particular uh, cash flow statement, Depending on how you have it set up. So some people have it set up on only on like on one Excel sheet. I specifically have done it over three, four different sheets just to help you get your head around it. Um, and one section would have your, all your sales. Next section will have your budgets, like your projected uh, projected costs, oh, sorry, projected sales and projected expenses, or projected income and projected expenses. Don't feel overwhelmed. Like I said, you can simply go to my show notes. I have all of it 
there for you. So there's no need to panic uh, about it at all. So you'd have like a projected income, actual income. Then you'd have a projected expenses, actual expenses. And I think it's super, super duper important because it actually helps you to see, okay, at some point I'm going to run out of cash um, over the next 12 months. So I need to go get a loan in time to block up that. Or it actually will show you in order for you to hit your goal of, say, uh, $50,000 a year, you need this amount of income. And of that income, these are the expenses that you can expect every month. You just want to see that you have a viable business and you can manage that cash flowing in and out of the business every month. That's that's basically what, basically what a cash flow statement is. A break-even analysis, on the other hand, banks or any sort of lenders, people give grants, want to see when are you when are you hoping to break even? As in, when are you hoping to become profitable? So you might take out a loan, say, for $10,000. And you break that $10,000 over, say, the course of say 12 months for argument's sake and uh, what you do then is say okay my expenses cannot exceed $800 every month or you might say actually I'm going to make sure my expenses doesn't exceed $500 any month any month because I want to have be able to have cash in bank just in case for any kind of unexpected expense and you want to stick to that you, so that's $10,000 loan that you got and you want to break that over out over 12 months. Um, but in the meantime, what the banks want to see is, okay, based on the sales that you projected that will happen, when are you going to um, recover those expenses, so to speak? Obviously, they'll, they'll charge you interest as well. So at what point are you going to get to 12000 in in terms of revenue or income? And that's when you probably break even because when you consider, say, um, the interest and interest charges and bank fees and all of that, it's probably going to add up to zero or twelve thousand um, for the year. That's what I want to see. That's what a break break even analysis really is. It just they just want to see that it's a viable business and when are you going to are you going to break even? Are you going to achieve the six the twelve thousand in income by year by month? three by month six by month nine by month 12 when are you going to break even when are you going to be and then obviously once you break even then it's going to start becoming profitable because now you've paid off all your costs and everything else after that then will be um, cash uh, well yeah let's call it cash for now or profits um, after that and if you can do it in month two or month three or month four or month six then that's great off you go that's what they would love to see. Um, head over to the show notes. Like I said, um, the cash flow analysis or I call it a budget sheet, a budget statement includes, like I said, the income, income projections, expenses projections, um, your actual versus your, your, your projected versus your actuals. Uh, it also includes, I included um, a sheet for wages, just in case you need to pay anybody. You just put in their name and their images and off you go. Now we're on to step seven. I know that that last step was very heavy, especially if you hate finance, 
financing or accounting or anything like that. But unfortunately, it's something that you need uh, to become successful. You could obviously outsource it, but you still need to get a handle as a business owner on that. So step seven is audience research. Yay, no more finances. <laughs> it's so important to conduct primary and secondary research of your potential audience. Primary research involves getting potential customers to complete a survey using Google Forms or Typeform. Uh, if you can find your audience on Facebook, then it would be best to conduct a market research there inside of Facebook groups. Uh, you will almost, you will most likely need to get permission from group admins to, in the first instance, to do this kind of research. However, if your audience is on a different platform like Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, then you'd need to promote the survey using those avenues. Secondary search involves using existing market research by notable companies on government bodies to draw your particular conclusions. I like using statista.com as they are really good for having some free research findings available to the public. You can also just go to Google and type in food blog statistics or mobile phone statistics, mobile phone usage statistics, uh, whatever the name of the topic is, plus statistics to find published research and studies that other people have done. And that's step seven done. Nice and easy. Step eight is build a tribe. One of the keys to blogging success is building a tribe of loyal followers, raving fans. <laughs> you can do this using Facebook groups again or any kind of platform that allows you to grow a following. So we also have things like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mighty Networks. They actually have a mobile phone app as well. It's a platform that people use and it's pretty good. I've heard it, well, I heard it's pretty good. I, I use it twice at two different um, uh, course providers. And they're, they're, they're okay. I mean, they're not as good as nice as Facebook groups, but then people don't like Facebook groups um, because they think it wastes their time. So you can also use something like Slack to grow your community. I personally don't have a preference just yet because I'm still looking for the perfect platform. I do have a Facebook group and I do have um, uh I do. I'm, I am a part of Slack communities. Uh, I do have uh, other ways that I sort of, I guess, communicate with, with potential clients, followers on different platforms. Uh, growing your email list is so important. I do have an email list as well. Um, and it's essential to keep in contact with your potential customers. All right. So that's your building your tribe. Next is number nine. <gasps> We are almost there. This is just so exciting. So comprehensive. Are you ready? Number nine. <laughs> now that you've completed all of the essential steps, number nine is your executive summary. I know you're thinking like, wow, that's it. Am I ready to do? Because I remember in the beginning I said, executive summary is the first thing on your business plan. It's like a summary of what is to come to impress investors or whoever, but you always do it last. So hence the reason why it's sort of second to last on the list. So in, it's time to write these essential steps in detail. Uh, you can write a, a draft version of the, your blog executive summary. And here are the key items that you need to include in this particular section of your 
business plan. So, number one is opportunity. So, in there you put what is the problem your blog your blog is trying to solve for your client. Because remember, you've done all of this research, all of these findings, all of this before. This is going to be so easy. Your mission, remember about the mission I told you, is the next number two on the list. What problem is your blog solving and how will it benefit the industry and key stakeholders? Number three is your solution. How is your blog uh, going to solve the problem in a unique way? Number four is your market. Which market and ideal customer or your avatar is your blog going to target? Uh, competing advantage. So how will your blog succeed against competing blogs? Your ownership, who will own the blog? And number seven is expected return on investment. What are the key goals, timelines, accomplishments for customers, revenue, growth, and profits? Congratulations on making it this far <laughs> through the business plan journey. That sometimes seems so difficult for beginners. Just when you thought that it is hard to create a business plan for a blog, or it was going to be an enormous task, you have you now have an easy way to get it all done and dusted. Now, where are you going to place all this hard work? <laughs> Do you have a blog business plan template or maybe some sort of a printable document available to use? Now it's time for step 10. Blog business plan template. It is imperative that you take all this information and place it in a lovely document that looks amazing, um, like a blog business plan uh, template, format, printable, whatever you like to call it, one that is suitable for your requirements. I don't know if you need to, to write a simple business plan so that you can approach possible financiers who will be able to fund this particular project. Maybe your other half or business partner has given you the responsibility of creating a blog business model. Uh, the task of creating a blog business plan template PDF has left you absolutely lost and even stressed. It is possible that you inquired at the bank about a business loan and they requested that you submitted a business plan with the loan application. <laughs> and you probably freaked out. <laughs> Well, today is your lucky day, as I have done all of the hard work for you. Firstly, by walking you through each step and even providing you with a well-laid-out blog planning PDF. All you need to do is click on the image below in the blog show notes, so you'll see the image there, um, and a box will pop up. You simply enter your name and email address in the form. After you, after you confirm your email address, you will get access to the blogging plan template or the blog business plan PDF. Uh, in it, you will get links to the profit and loss statement, cash flow and budgeting statement. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to successandscramble.com forward slash blog hyphen uh, business hyphen plan. Head on over to there, click any of the images in there and enter your name and email address, you get access to this lovely template. It's 16 pages long, so not that very long. Um, and in it, you can just go ahead and complete all of this information that I just um, gave you, as well as you can read it, because you can listen to it, you can read it, you can see it in front of you. 
So, creating a blog business plan may seem like overkill for you um, as a blogger, especially if you're blogging as a hobby. However, at some point during your journey, you will want to generate a steady income for your blog. The best way to do it right is to create a well-structured blogging plan in PDF format that will give you a good sense of direction. Remember that quote from Greg Reed? A dream written down with a state becomes a goal. A goal written down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action becomes your dreams, or sorry, makes your dreams come true. So a plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. So my question for you today, would you like to make your dreams come true? Right. So remember to subscribe to the success Unscrambled podcast, where you will be the first to hear about what's happening in the entrepreneurial and digital marketing world. Remember, I'm here to help women like you who want to live intentionally um, by becoming wildly successful using marketing strategies like organic search, visual search, and video marketing. Um, so just subscribe to the Success Unscrambled podcast and you'd get to get all of the information that you need. Your positive review of this particular podcast is vital to keeping it alive and running for the next 12 to 24 months. So please leave a positive review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast players. If you are just starting on your blogging journey, where you're wondering, oh, what is possible for you? You know, you just become aware that you probably hate your job or you don't want to do the job that you're doing for the rest of your life, um, check out these seven books for bloggers. I've left a link in the show notes. Have a look and see, you know, read them because they are the books that can actually change your life as you currently know it. If you're still hoping to start a blog soon, grab the step-by-step guide that outlines 75 points on how to launch your blog successfully. Uh, if you already started your blog and you're struggling with blog, blog traffic, um, grab the blog traffic, grow your blog traffic ideas that I've left again, a link in the show notes. If you're a startup or small business and you need to hire a virtual assistant to complete tasks such as social media marketing, blogging, keyword research, or Pinterest account management, then take a look at the packages that I have available. That's it for today. Until next time. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. Bye for now.